0: Let us pray together. Dear God, deep in our souls, we have this profound thirst for you alone. And we pray that with this thirst, you would draw us to yourself and help us to grow. And as we drink your living water, your energy of love, please stabilize and sustain us to be channels of it to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our wonderful... story today is about two incredibly thirsty people. The first one of course is Jesus who is parched and thirsty for some cool refreshing well water and the second person who is thirsty is our Samaritan woman who is thirsty for another kind of water that she can't quite yet name? And I want us to notice the beautiful symmetry in our story today. Each person has the water that the other one needs. You know, it's almost impossible to exaggerate the scandal of the conversation that unfolds between these two today. As we just heard in our reading, Jews and Samaritans don't share anything in common except maybe hatred and hostility. And here is Jesus, a Jew, asking not only a hated Samaritan for a drink, but even worse, a woman as well. You see, in his day, a Jewish rabbi wasn't even supposed to talk to his own wife in public, much less a strange woman in a strange place. And as this story unfolds, we soon realize that this woman is actually a triple outsider. She's a Samaritan. She's a woman. And she's someone with a very tragic life. Because of her multiple marriages, many of us over the years have assumed her promiscuity and sinfulness. Myself included. And I'm embarrassed that early in my sermons 20 years back, I sometimes compared her to the Elizabeth Taylor of the Bible. But commentators actually tell us that that's Probably way off target. And it's far more likely that this dear woman has been widowed or abandoned by five husbands in a row. Just think about that. And number six doesn't value her even enough to bother to marry her. And so what we have, in fact, may very well be a desperately vulnerable, a desperately vulnerable woman. And so in our story, to her great astonishment and to the astonishment of Jesus' disciples as well, Jesus treats her like the beloved child that she really is. And engages her in a deep and respectful theological conversation. Indeed, this is the longest conversation recorded in all four Gospels that Jesus has with anyone. It's not with Peter, it's not with Pilate, it's not with one of his disciples it's with the woman at the well. And it is to her that he offers his wonderful living water. It is to her that Jesus first in the Gospel of John reveals his identity as the Messiah and it is with her and her neighbors that Jesus stays on in enemy territory for two more Days. Did you catch that detail? He stays there two more days. As our Lord Jesus told Nicodemus last week, he has come not to condemn us, but to save and to heal us. And so Jesus today does not turn away from the trauma and the brokenness in this woman's life. Instead, every part of who she is is lovingly integrated, even her most jagged scars and deepest wounds. Friends, some of you are telling Elisa and me these days, that you are struggling mightily with the Bible. Shall we have a show of hands? With its many confounding stories of appalling violence and abuse, it's all there. But friends, what I'm begging you today is please, please, please don't give up. Because it's this meandering and messy story that finally brings us to the beautiful Jesus that we meet in this story today. And to the loving God whom he reveals to us. This meandering story in the Bible brings us to a Jesus who never wastes Anything in our lives. Who uses everything so wisely, so beautifully, to make us more whole than we ever were before. Amen? And who especially. Loves to transform the place where we are most shattered. What's that in your life? Where are you most shattered? Jesus takes these shattered places and loves to transform them into our compassionate ministry for others. And exhibit A is our Samaritan woman today. In verse 28, did you notice? I just love this. John has such artistry. She leaves behind her water jar today. (laughs) Who else left things behind? The disciples, of course, right? They left their nets behind. She's one of the first disciples, apostles, of God's love, and she becomes a channel, a conduit, of God's living water, of God's energy of love to her city neighbors. She's just one thirsty person telling other thirsty folks where to get that one drink that they really need. Our congregation's scripture for this year, of course, is drawn from this wonderful story. You can tell I'm all fired up about it. God's word is alive, continues to speak to us. And as I've been memorizing this verse that Mim helped us with today, I have to confess that I have been puzzling mightily over what Jesus means when he tells the Samaritan woman those who drink of this living water that I will give them will never (laughs) be thirsty again. Really, Jesus? Never thirsty again? Here's what I think he means. Her days and our days of being parched, of drinking fake water, those days are over. Through Jesus, we have finally found our source, our spring of love, our well that will never run dry. Because here's the thing I believe, dear friends. I believe that our thirst never never goes away. In fact I believe that it gets stronger and stronger as we move through life and I wonder is part of the American church's problem is that it is filled with folks who are no longer thirsty who've been led to believe that they've arrived and that they are not instead on a lifelong journey. The poet Mary Oliver puts it this way, with this thirst, I am slowly learning. Slowly growing, slowly being transformed, slowly being shaped by Jesus, which is our Lenten theme. In this light, dear friends, I think it's a good thing to be thirsty. It's a good thing to be lifelong drinkers. And deep in my soul, I do believe that one of the big purposes for our church is to be a community where all of our false thirsts and desires and addictions are being reoriented Godward. To be a community where we're all slowly learning to thirst instead for God's justice. To thirst for what is good and beautiful and whole and to become channels of that living water for others and to others ourselves. Starting uh, next month, Elisa and I have dreamed up a five-minute time in worship every Sunday between Easter and Pentecost called drinking stories. You heard me right. Drinking stories. Every Sunday we want to invite one of you to share with us how you are accessing God's living water in your own life. How does God's energy of love, sustaining grace, how do you access that? access this on a daily basis, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. Now, though we're trying to be a a bit cute and clever, we're actually wanting to make a very serious point. We all need to be drinking more regularly. And I think some of us aren't. We all need to be letting God water our parched souls day by day by day to drench our dryness throughout the week. As Mim said so beautifully this morning, every living thing needs water, God's water. So let me cut to the chase We don't come to church because we're better than our neighbors or more pious or more virtuous. We come here because we are thirsty and we know it. And at our Lord's table today, he is saying to all of us, let all who are thirsty Come to me. To the thirsty, to the thirsty, I will give my living water flowing on tap from the wellspring of life. So, dear friends, let's drink deeply today. Let's drink deeply. Amen.